that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. It is our final episode of Italian American Heritage Month, and you've got the dream team, John and Roe, back together in the studio for this final week of uh, our great month. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe Italian American Heritage Month just flew by. It really did this month. We, we've done all kinds of stuff. I, I was in Cleveland. We had the parade. We got... New products, a t-shirt, the survey. We've been busy. I mean, I made gnocchi. <laughs> how, how, how rare. Had a, uh, had a few good episodes of Cooking with Nona. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy, busy month. But really no, we've been running around talking to people and just uh, the energy this year has been uh, just a little bit different, um, a little bit more civilized, Yeah. Uh, a little bit more calm. I think Mother Cabrini in the mix really brought people uh, back down to earth a little bit yeah. more and off their soapboxes of, you know, black and white, Columbus, right, wrong, all this stuff. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for, <laughs> for civilizing our community. It really has. It's been, Thanks, Billy. Billy's done a good job. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's an issue that has really galvanized everybody. Everybody seems to be very much around this together. Well, I think when you have these kinds of figures at the center of uh, of an issue, uh, these these are figures that you can't be against. You can't be against Mother Cabrini. I mean, she is a saint, literally. So yeah. it's going to be hard to find fault with a saint. But it does bring a great uh, intro to what we're here to do today, which is what we promised you a couple weeks ago, our second part of the Columbus conversation. Before we start, I have had a request from uh, Cav Av, the professore, Pedro Boyle, because he's been um, occupied with a couple of meetings and stuff the past few recording sessions, and he told me, to share with our loyal listeners, to don't get in the Italian-American mindset. We're not fighting with each other. He is uh, just occupied, but he misses everybody, and he will be back very soon. So I mean, he has an incredibly busy schedule. He does. He's everywhere. The yeah. guy is everywhere. He, he's going to Rhode Island. He's, going, he's like never in one place. And another huge piece of news that uh, I think even more important than CavAv's uh, busy schedule is we've got a new member of the Italian-American podcast family, because as of Friday night, Friday night, Friday night, Friday, yeah. October 18th. 18th, Dolores and Drew welcomed their young son, Angelo Giovanni Taranto. Isn't that beautiful? So, auguri to our uh, co founder and friend, Dolores. We miss you. We're looking forward to coming and meeting uh, little Mr. Taranto and uh, having you back at some point in the near future. Yeah, definitely. We can't wait. Yeah, we're going to take a road trip up there. Uh, the, Three of us are going to go up and all the way up to Suffering, New York. I know it's going to be a long one, but uh, <laughs> we got we got the Fiat waiting, so we'll we'll move the boxes that I keep in the back. We'll throw Pat in the back, and we'll get up there. But today is really about the second half of Columbus Day. We're going to introduce our newest technology. We now have call in and call out capabilities, 
So it's f- an exciting day. Oh, it's huge. This is huge. We revolutionized the whole show. Yeah, and I mean, we got some really great guests lined up uh, because we really wanted to provide a full picture of what the Columbus conversation looks like and how conflicting it can be for uh, a lot of Italian-Americans today. So we really wanted to get a different and unique point of view. So we actually are going to be speaking to a really nice young lady named Kristen. Uh, She lives all the way in Florida, but she wanted to call in and speak to us about her personal feelings about Columbus and Columbus Day because she is part Italian and part Native American. It's going to be a really good call. And then we have uh, Dr. Anthony Tambori, who's the dean of the Calandra Italian American Institute at uh, Queens College CUNY, which is the City University of New York. Dr. Tambori is prolific in his writing and um, active in the community for decades and decades and decades. And really one of the driving engines behind the Italian-American studies um, field. And I think we've got a lot of good questions for him, and he's going to bring some insight. And then we're going to speak to John Calvelli. Who, uh, John is a vice chairman of the National Italian-American Foundation. As we talked about in a previous episode with Linda Carlozzi, he's a co-founder of Fieri. He's a member of every group. He's one of the founders of the Conference of Presidents of Major Italian Organizations um, and just a great community leader and somebody who's been really active on this issue. He was on the commission for the Columbus statue at Columbus Circle, so he's going to have a lot to say. So we, I think we've done a decent job of getting um, some interesting opinions and personalities here. Yeah, because like we said last time, I think this issue has become uh, so much less black and white, and I think it – the, the meat of it is really such a gray area yeah. for so many Italian-Americans. I think everyone's just getting a little bit more confused with every new study that comes out or article that gets written. And you kind of don't even know what to feel at this point. Yeah, and I think that's the point of today. It's like we're not going to come up with an answer or a solution or an opinion even. I just want everybody to understand the multitude of questions and the myriad of facets that, that are in this uh, topic because – There's so much out there. Like, I've been thinking about it a lot, and some of the stuff we're going to talk about, right? You have the question on the opinion of Columbus as a a historical figure. What was he as a man? Uh, Then you want to question— Which is impossible to actually know about. Impossible. I I, I just want to—that is a fact. It is impossible to know what the guy was like. You know, uh, people say, I've read his personal journals and and all these things. This was 500 years ago. I don't know the 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 notion that you could know exactly what someone was like by some kind of writing that is allegedly theirs. Now come on. After five hundred years, translated, and I just I can't wrap my mind around it. No. So I I don't know. I mean, we, there's people that don't know their spouses that well. You know what I mean? Like you think you're, <laughs> yeah, you're going, right? I mean, you know, you, you could come home and that you find your uh, your husband in a. Uh, stuffed animal suit or something, you know, like, okay, this is a mystery to me. So uh, this historical figure that we don't really know about, and and that becomes the second topic that I think is so important. Like, how are we validating the historical research? There's there's plenty of writing out there that was accepted popularly before some of this other stuff came out in the last 20 to 30 years that said the guy was a saint. So what about the historical research? Uh, Then there's the question of, like, the the holiday itself. the Italianness of it, which we tried to talk about last episode, and how this is boiling down to a conversation about, okay, yes, about Columbus and what he means, but then there's the secondary part, which is two ethnic groups are now uh, forced against one another around a public holiday. Why are we doing that? Why does that have to be the case? That's a big issue that we don't really talk about. And 
I also want to kind of dig into like, are we really talking about Columbus or are we talking about the Columbian Exchange and the event? Because I think a lot of people are using Columbus as air cover to go after the whole idea of these two worlds being bridged. And so I think we've got a lot to deal with, and I hope we've got some good voices. And I have the snaking suspicion this will not be the last time we talk about this. No. I think, you know, Italians always need a cause, though. We always need uh, something to fight over a little bit. We so are I, much better with the cause. I feel like we almost don't want to get rid of this issue. We don't want to resolve it. I can, I can totally see. There are a lot of people in the community who are really pounding the drum on this. And I think it's right. I mean, I get it. You know, you want a community that's aware and self-identified and controversy does happen to help. But I can tell you from my perspective, I would love an end to this conversation at some point. <laughs> I am I am Columbus out. I would love it too, but I just think that other people who keep yeah. writing about it, who keep talking about it, who keep you know participating in it, don't want an end to the conversation because what is the, the best solution? Do we change the day to Italian Heritage Day? Uh, Indigenous Peoples Day is celebrated on a different day, so both are equally celebrated uh Italian Heritage Day in a perfect world is still a federal holiday. Will that fix it? I don't know. Is will that fix it? I don't know. Is it's my, so crazy. My big question. I don't. Th- I don't know. I, I think you're right. I mean, what we don't even know what we're trying to solve here. And if that fixes it, whatever it is, will the new Italian Heritage Day be celebrated with the same gusto as it is today, as Columbus Day? That's a great question. Can we do it? Can, can we keep yeah. it going? Can you reform the day? Can you, you know, especially now, this deep into our ethnic experience, th- there's a lot of history, which I think we tried to talk about last episode two weeks ago, that led us to this relationship with Columbus Day. Do you throw the baby out with the bathwater? I, I don't know. I don't, and I don't know if we'll answer these questions, but I, I, I would be happy and satisfied that we just get them into the psychological dialogue that our community's having on different levels. So in order to make this kind of different than just us talking back and forth about Columbus, I thought let's take the show to another level. And today we get to introduce uh, our first ever call-in show. Now, granted, we've prearranged for these calls because we wanted the right voices, but I think this is kind of exciting overall. Oh, this is super cool. I mean, as much as we love having live guests, you know, because we we have some coffee, we have some cake, we talk, we're here for hours. I really like the fact that we can include so many different personalities into one conversation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to, even on other topics of the show, just being able to kind of open up to the people that are out there. And I I think it's going to be good. I think I'm really take us to the next level. I'm excited. I'm especially excited for our first uh, call-in because she actually contacted me on my social media. Her name is Kristen, and she contacted me about uh, Columbus Day specifically. Um, And she really approached everything really respectfully instead of, you know, yelling at me and saying, hey, like, why do you support Columbus Day? (laughs) What a nice change of pace. I do not support Columbus Day. We have a difference of opinion. She was really diplomatic. Her name is Kristen. Um, and she said, I love following your page. I'm part Italian and part Native American. I was raised celebrating Columbus Day. However, in the last couple of years, I've stopped celebrating due to my Native American heritage. I've tried to share the research and facts to other Italian family members who chose to continue to celebrate. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the matter. You are an amazing Italian-American icon. First of all, that was the first time anybody <laughs> has ever called me an Italian-American <laughs> icon. So maybe Kristen scored some points. <laughs> right get there. you right 
so if you want to get on the show, <laughs> because I don't, I don't see myself that way. I totally see myself as just some like idiot from Brooklyn. Yeah, and that makes two of us who, <laughs> who are hangs idiots out with from her Brooklyn Nona a lot. But um, thanks, Kristen. But uh, yeah, I think uh, this is a really important conversation to have because there are people out there, uh, probably a lot of our listeners who might be feeling this way, and I think it's important to have a dialogue in the most respectful manner and not just yell at each other like Italians are famous for doing. Yes, I totally agree with you. It drives me nuts when we go back and forth with this just vitriolic anger. And so this is great. So the first person that we get to talk to is um, sort of the one of us, right? She's got both of the ethnicities that we're talking about here in this controversy, and I think it would be great to get her opinion and really just sort of have this conversation amongst the three of us working through what it's what the sort of struggle is for people who are on the fence about this thing. So Totally. Let's get Kristen on the phone. Hi, is this Kristen? It is. Hi, Kristen. This is John and Rosella. Hi. How, How are, are you? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. We are experimenting with calling in and out for the first time. So can you hear us both? Yeah, I can hear you both. Sweet. That yeah, makes you are our first call in guest. We we figured oh. out how to do this just to be able to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, too. Now, thank you for kicking it up a notch. We're really happy to have you. Um, the beauty of the podcasting is we can edit in and out. So if you stumble and you want to say something in a better way, feel free. Okay, cool. Everyone's like, good luck. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just talking to some people on the phone. Why are you guys freaking me out about this? Oh, no, <laughs> don't, be, don't be freaked out at all, please. I'm if... not, but other people were making me freaked out. <laughs> don't listen to them. They're crazy. Yeah, that's the beauty. Know, right? The beauty of editing. It, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, we say stupid stuff all the time. And it's like, oh, my God, please cut that out. <laughs> yes. Makes for, right. makes for great cold opens, though. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, you reached out to Roe. As a fan of Cooking with Nona, which is awesome, we've sort of prefaced in our recording to the audience a little bit about how you came to these questions, but why don't you just frame for us what you're kind of struggling with around this holiday? Because I think a lot of people are in the same boat in the Italian community. So I have, I am a quarter Italian, and I also have Native American blood, and I married into 100% Italian from Bensonhurst. Oh, my. Brooklyn. Yep. <laughs> my neck of the <laughs> woods. Your neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. Um, my mother-in-law is Zanona. Like, I married into it big time. So while I did grow up identifying as Italian, actually, that's what I would tell people when they would ask, what am I? I would say Italian because that's how I was raised from my dad's side. Um, I kind of, like, got this whole new side of Italian culture when I married my <laughs> husband and Tama Martino. So tell us a little bit about how this struggle came up. You're 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 quarter Italian American. You marry into a very very Italian American family. You have some Native American ethnicity, and you celebrate the holiday. But where does this struggle start to evolve? So I guess just as I got older, and I feel like the internet and social media, I started seeing like these memes. I don't know if you guys have seen any about like, oh, you didn't discover anything because you can't discover, you know, people that were already here. So those like kind of started striking my curiosity and I was like okay I need to like research this and figure out what is all this about because I mean I was raised like anyone else Columbus sailed the ocean blue you know okay great um so I started doing research for myself and then I was like okay this is not exactly I think you had said in the last podcast like it's not it's not like a Disney movie how we were taught you know what I mean like yeah, right yeah I started realizing like okay this is not as pretty this is not as pretty picture as we all thought it was so and then um, 
you know, my son, I have two kids and my son is in preschool and actually the preschool he goes to is run by somebody in my husband's family. So very Italian. So around comes Christopher Columbus Day and he comes home from school and he's singing the song and he's got these like coloring pages that he did at school and he cut out the boats and he did it all and it was just all like happy go lucky and I'm like okay so like did they talk like I don't know I was like I can't believe that this is still being taught (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot of people who are not really sort of familiar with the uh the pedagogy around Columbus you know some places where they're teaching one side some places where they're teaching the other it's really something the parents should be thinking about I mean, there are schools, though, that put dinosaurs on Noah's Ark. That's also, true, right? too. And they're not yeah. in right, textbooks. Right, right. That's so. true. Yeah. So <laughs> being that it's a school that's, you know, run by family, I kind of went up to the family. And it was like at Sunday dinner or something. I mentioned it to everyone. Like, yeah, what's with the Christopher Columbus? Like, you know, that's not exactly the true story. And he's not like this, you know, amazing hero that he's, you know, was taught to be and all these things. So everyone just kind of like almost laughed at me. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. And my mother-in-law was like, my husband's name is Joe, and she was like, so I'm guessing you don't want to see a picture of Joe dressed up as Columbus when he was sick? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no, I don't. (laughs) I mean, did you grow up thinking about your Native American ancestry, or was it sort of, was it was it pertinent in your life? Is it something that you're coming to more based around this? How does that factor in? More as I've gotten older, I feel like that I've, done research my grandmother who had passed away when I was a teenager she was the one that carried that gene and had a lot of genealogy and history and I wish that before she had died I would have got that knowledge from her but I was kind of young and didn't really care at the time so um now I feel like as an adult I'm like researching the tribe Cherokee northeast Georgia like where you know like doing as much research as I can on my own to kind of just you know I don't know to find that part Right. And so um, do, ha, do, does the Columbus conversation factor in into that portion of your identity? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like that that kind of triggers me a little bit in yeah. a way. And it's hard for me because – and listening to your guys' podcast from last week, and I've done a lot of research since Columbus Day, and I feel like it's definitely not a black and white issue. I feel like it is definitely gray, and I do understand that. And, you know, this is like a holiday that my in-laws and all my husband's family, they love to celebrate. And there's no issue with it at all. What's the big deal? Like, they, I feel like I really was kind of laughed at when I said, like, and I feel like when I came to them and talked to them about it, I was pretty extreme. Like, he raped and pillaged all the people. Why would we, you know what I mean? Like, I was pretty upset about it at the time. And now the more research I do and the more I learn about it, I feel like, like I said, it is more of a gray area. Yeah. And my husband kind of challenges me with things. Well, what would America be today if you didn't come here? You know what I mean? Other people have said, and I think you guys said in the podcast, well, those were the times that there was war. And this is kind of how they all behaved back then. <laughs> you took over. And, you know, that's what was going on in that time. I mean, I think the, so. the, the well, first of all, I, w- I want to know was, um, were they sympathetic to the fact that this was really upsetting to you like that this was just very you know visceral and real for you were were they cognizant of that were they respectful of that um I mean I'm a pretty light-hearted person that doesn't take offense like I have a good sense of humor so I don't feel like they were like oh Kristen's gonna like be really upset like I think they were kind of knew that it bothered me but they were like she's gonna get over it because I'm kind of very vocal about a lot of 
social <laughs> justice <laughs> issues in general. So I feel like that was just like added to the plate. You know what I mean? Not necessarily thinking about that that was part of my heritage or part of like my culture. <laughs> Do you find what is it about the idea of okay, let me rephrase this. Whether or not Columbus is a hero is is one of the issues here, right? It's the celebration of Columbus. But one of the thi- right. one of the things that I think kind of breaks down from a community leader standpoint is okay, first you have the question of let's let's put out the court on Columbus. Opinions on him, court of public opinion. Then number 2 is what is the research, right? So you said you've been doing a lot of research. Have you found as I think I have it's not as clear cut historically as it's being made to be in this anti-Columbus case. Have you seen, have you done like the kind of into the primary source research or are you reading sort of secondary editorials and things like that? Um, a lot of it is secondary um, editorials that I'm reading. I try to get, you know, as much as I can, it's neutral and actual facts, but on the internet that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, it is almost <laughs> um, possible. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this, and I don't think you guys touched on it at all in the last podcast. But the the other thing that I think is kind of funny about the whole thing is that if you research about it, that he actually landed in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Christopher Columbus <laughs> definitely never set foot on this continent. We know that. I mean. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, I believe the research that I want to get to and that we're we're working on getting to is more about when he got to where he got to. Right. Because people can argue back and forth about the idea of discovery. Can you discover something? That's to me is just terminology for, for, for better or worse, whether people were living here before or whether the Vikings got here at some point. When this guy got here, the people that he went back to report to didn't know that this landmass or any of the islands that he might have landed on were here. So it's fundamentally right. world changing. So that's it's not necessarily discovering the territory. It was more like conquering. And yeah. and conquering land goes back to Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great would just, you know, roll up somewhere and be like, "Hey, I like it here. This is mine now." But it's also it, it's, but it's just, also it's, it's also conquering it's conquering the land and and the resources, but it's also revealing. He revealed this territory that they didn't know it was here. But I'm, these these concepts went back to the Roman Empire. If yeah. we wanna if we wanna get gritty about it, yeah. but my whole thing is that you know uh, was everything perfectly done? Did everyone behave well? Absolutely not. But was colonization probably not the cleanest, nicest, prettiest business to be in in the 15th century? I think so. I I I certainly don't condone any like horrible actions. Uh, committed by Columbus or anyone on the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. Don't get me wrong at all, but for from if we're talking about what Columbus Day really represents, I think uh, I think that in the 21st century we've really put a concerted effort behind not standing by Columbus was such a great guy and uh, and just building statues of him because he's so wonderful and he's, you know, the godfather of Italian-Americans or anything like that. I think today Columbus Day serves as a celebration of Italian-American heritage without as much focus on Columbus, on the man. I think that that gets lost, though. I think people don't understand that. <laughs> that yeah. what people are celebrating for. I don't think that other Americans know that that's why Italians are celebrating I, today. I think it. Furthermore, it, non-Italians are still celebrating Columbus Day in a non-Italian way 
Yeah, that's you know, true. regular Americans saying Columbus sailed the ocean blue. When my son went to school and they gave him the coloring books, I said, okay, I'm going to find some kids' books that explain it in a different way. You know what I mean? So I went to the library and I found some books for him because I was like, we're going to read about the history. And when I went to the library, there was a younger lady there. And I said, yeah, I'm getting all these books because, you know, I felt like the school kind of skewed his thinking and I want to, you know, reteach him some things. And she goes, I had to do the same thing with my son. And then there was another um, lady at the desk who was a little bit older. And she said, what are you guys talking about? So we both go into it. Well, you know, a lot of kids are taught this and that's not really what we know today. And she said, oh, I didn't know that either. And she said, oh, I didn't know that either, as if she didn't know it and she didn't care. <laughs> Our kids taught that, you know, Thomas Jefferson uh, was, a was you know, a slave owner who had, you know, essentially a a, uh, a slave uh, gumata, <laughs> if we want to call right. it that. Or, or if we want to, you know, revisit the character of any of the, you know, so-called great men in time, I think we would find really questionable things that uh, also don't take away from the fact that they had pretty significant achievements in the course of history, that they made history. But I think America has an issue with wanting people to be these heroes, these clean-cut heroes, and that people that don't do every anything wrong. And we do it with uh, with politicians all the time. You know, our presidents. Later, we find out they did a bunch of uh, really questionable stuff, and we and we have a problem with it. But it's like you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that Italian sentiment. Like you know, someone while they're alive, they can say all this bad stuff. A- after they die, they're a saint. <laughs> that happens in our family a lot. Right. <laughs> I feel like we do this with people and we don't accept that, you know, explorers or politicians or people who have accomplished things, they were just people. They were also people. I think it's dangerous generally to and that's part of the reason why it's hard to discuss the human side of history, because especially like, you know, Kristen, you bring up the point about how you teach your kids and what the curriculum says and what you as a parent have to either supplement or refute or and this is a big issue for this thing, because People are uncomfortable with it, and so they go out, and then they want to provide alternatives. But then the question becomes, you know, when you teach a kid about Columbus, are you teaching about the man? Are you teaching about the event? Are you teaching about the after effects of the event and the world we live in? I think a lot of people are confuting Columbus and his personal historical record, for for better or worse, whatever exists doesn't exist in the historical record on the man, I think they're actually in many ways using it as an attack on just the entire Colombian exchange between the European old world and the American new world and condemning the fact that this was not an even exchange. There was a there was a, a culture that came here and did through disease, through different technologies, through different um Technologies, even in terms of like uh, animal husbandry and things that were that were available in the Near East and uh, Europe that weren't available here in the Western in the uh, in the New World, that they're almost condemning that whole exchange, and I think that that's kind of a dangerous path. How do you explain to your kids, Kristen? Do you, is it a good thing that Europeans ended up on this continent, or a bad thing? I know that's what my husband keeps saying to me. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't be what it is today. So you can't, I mean, we can't go back in time and say, what would it, you know, there's no way of knowing where America would be today if that didn't happen, if Columbus didn't not discover the Bahamas, I'm going to say, right. <laughs> if right. he ended up there. If um, he didn't get off his cruise ship at the Bahamas. <laughs> right, yeah. 
right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, we, I don't think we'll ever know. Right, but it's like I, I don't know how great I, – I mean, I am just not one that goes back and thinks – Oh, this shouldn't have had. You know, it happens. Yeah, and right. there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, that's true. And, that is true. Uh, you know, I, honestly, when this whole thing about Columbus brings up a whole other conversation in my head about Mussolini. Real, where I'm dying to know how you got to that. That's because Mussolini was a bad man. Right. Mussolini was a fascist. He was a he was a dictator. Right. Yes. Mussolini gave birth to modern Italy. Yeah, he fundamentally transformed the country. Uh, I mean, they have uh, government housing was because sure. of Mussolini. Yeah, that's true. They, uh, you know, his alliance with Hitler was awful. But you know, everyone wants to wants to just vilify Mussolini, but you can't take away what he actually gave to Italy. It's hard. Now, it's... what if there was a Mussolini Day in Italy? How would we feel about that? Because that's what I'm saying. How I think that Native Americans people feel how I feel <laughs> yeah you know what I mean yes there are things that happen that are when I say good good for America today I'm not going to say good for America at the time because it wasn't right. they I mean they say there's anywhere from 8 million to 100 million Native Americans who died yeah well now but we have to also recognize that again that is not Columbus directly doing that right so Old world diseases are introduced to the new world. Nobody knew that. They didn't even know germs existed. These are people that used to rub mud in their pores because they thought it would keep the bad airs out. So they they didn't know any of this medical stuff. And you're talking about, frankly, much of the wholesale slaughter that occurred occurred with the Spanish conquistadors that came not, not right on the heels of Columbus. So, yes, hundreds of millions of people died in the exchange. But, again, are we criticizing the man and the holiday or are we really criticizing the exchange of culture that's what this thing keeps coming back to for me and it's a more frankly i'm more okay with people criticizing one explorer if if the historical record shows his behavior was truly bad than using it as an excuse to criticize the fact that the two cultures exchanged in the first place that, well, that's I what i worry that it's about the fact that he's put on a pedestal you know what I mean? That it is a holiday. And, and I know it's different for Italian Americans because you're celebrating your culture or we're celebrating the culture. But for Native Americans, it just feels like he's putting put it on a pedestal. You don't That's see that part. Point. You yeah, know what I mean? You that... don't see that part. Not to say that nothing, you know, that the Colombian exchange didn't, that, we're not, you're not downplaying that part. But it was like interesting listening to your podcast because I heard a lot of like, you know, we want to be represented. What happens if the statue comes down? And, you know, that's how I feel my Native American part, too. <laughs> I feel yeah. the same thing you were saying. Where is our representation? You well, know? Let, me ask, let me ask you a question. The, the, the last question I want to ask, because you've got this great dual identity that you can speak to, right? So we, we talk a lot about the uh, opinion of Columbus the man, the man versus the event, the uh, research and what's real and what's not real and what's proven and what's not proven. To me, the the biggest pain out of all this is that the idea that you can make up for historical ills to Native Americans by taking down Columbus, okay, maybe that's true. If the guy really was the genocidal maniac that some sources say he was, then okay, I can can get behind the idea that you take down the statues and you rename the day. 
But I don't understand for the life of me what's productive about renaming Columbus Day into Indigenous Peoples Day because that is just bulldozing over the community that, for better or worse, this holiday, as we tried to talk about last episode, has come to represent. How, how do you feel as somebody who's both a Native and Italian-American? Is that the solution that makes the most sense? I mean, I don't think so, but I don't think that, like I said, I don't think people realize what you guys really are celebrating is your heritage, not the man. Right. So that has to be, there has to be a disconnect there. And I don't think, I mean, a regular American who's not Italian does not see that, the Italian heritage part, you know, they're happy to have the day off if they get it, or maybe a half day, or, you know, they see it's Italian week in the grocery store, so they're happy to eat an Italian meal, but they don't have the same connection that you have. And then there's the Native American has a different connection to the day, a different feeling. You know, everyone's got their emotions that go into the day based off of how they were raised and their heritage and how their family celebrates it. I mean, I grew up saying I was an Italian, but the way I celebrated Columbus Day here in Florida was completely different than the way my husband did dressing up as Christopher Columbus and going to the Christopher Columbus Day Parade in Manhattan. You know, and we could both say, oh, yeah, we're Italian. We both celebrate the day, but that's completely different. Even within, you know, my watered down version of being an Italian American versus his both experience. So, but so do you think that Indigenous Peoples Day should be replacing Columbus Day? I mean, originally, I would say that knowing what I know now and the research I've done and how I've talked to my husband's family and hearing your guys' podcast, I'm understanding more of your guys's viewpoint on it and how important this is to your heritage so i feel like no would be my answer (laughs) yeah um but then when are the native american people represented i mean there there is another indigenous people's day on the calendar already in september it's not a federal holiday but it is it is on the calendar i mean No, no one's refuting that that there should be an indigenous people's day absolutely i personally have no issue with that i wouldn't want to ever come across, or I don't think John and I or anyone that comes on this podcast would, you know, are are trying to to put it out there that we don't think there should yeah, be an oh Indigenous no, Peoples Day. We don't think that uh, that their suffering isn't invalid for some reason. Nothing, nothing. And I don't uh, think like anybody's that. saying we want to take away anything from the Italian heritage, but it's not called Italian Day. <laughs> you you know, know, that's the point. <laughs> that's a great point that I that I have made in the community for years you know i've said this a lot i mean in in san francisco in the 80s they were developing this uh, new exploration of his legacy and you know some italian american leaders in san francisco just said look forget it we'll just call it italian american heritage day and they did i think they did it i want to say 84 85 or something like that and it's now quote unquote the longest running italian american heritage day celebration in the country because they just sort of secularized it and you know I don't necessarily think that that's the most just way to address the real history. I think we should actually do the painful work of exploring what's real and what's not. But I also think this should be an option that we as a community discuss, too, because I feel like the Italian-American community and the Native American community are getting played against one another in a situation where neither of them has really ever been the um, majority force or the real... Uh, power broker in the country. You talk about two minority ethnicities that have had their own struggles and here they are facing off against one another and nobody's really having the actual conversation about what this is. 
Well, I mean, I felt like when you had said the thing about know your history, do your research about um, the lynching in New Orleans, I think you said that in the last podcast. I'm not trying to misquote you, but I felt like the same thing goes for the Native American side of it. Know your research, know your history, you know, and it's like yeah. there's two stories, you know, going on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't yeah. think that's wrong. But I think nowadays people are making much more of an effort to teach, you know, the real exchange, to teach the real history behind Columbus and behind the, the Columbian exchange. Yeah. I, I mean, the, there is so much more information available. There are many documentaries available yeah. about it. My my argument with the lynching in Louisiana is that there's almost no documentation of it. Yeah. And, yeah. There, and there's really, it's not taught in schools at all. No. And people really don't talk about it a lot, you know, unless we're attacked, you know, the community feels like they're under, then they kind of bring it up. That's like, true. It's, we it's, do our, do that, it's yeah. the card we play, but <laughs> nobody's uh, making an effort to look into that history in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kristen, it's been really nice to have the opportunity to talk to you. You know, we, we really appreciate you sharing intimately where you're going with this. And I hope we can be a resource as you continue to develop, because I'm sure the story is going to continue to develop and, Research is going to continue to develop, and uh, I don't think we're going to see the end of this conversation for a good long while, <laughs> much to the chagrin of everybody who wants a nice, relaxing day off every second Monday of October. So <laughs> I think it's going to be a while, and if you find anything new, please do share it with us, and if you figure out the right way to share with your kids who are part Native American and part Italian American, and if you get that sweet spot middle ground, we'd love to hear it and do the best we can to disseminate it out to the world, because... Nobody's come up with it yet. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you no, for well, having me. Thanks for taking the time thanks. to be with us. Really appreciate it. Thank All you, right, Kristen. Bye. Thanks for being You're such welcome. a cool sport. <laughs> thanks. Bye. So that was a good call. I'm yeah. glad we got to speak to somebody who's wearing both hats in this. You know, that was really interesting, especially, you know, the experience that she shared about her son coming home from preschool yeah. um, and her husband Dressing as Columbus, <laughs> Columbus yeah. as a little boy, and it's it's just I I don't know why I have this strong feeling that it was never really about Columbus for us. Yeah, because it wasn't growing up. You know, uh, like like I said, you know, my my nonna didn't know who the hell Columbus was. <laughs> I remember taking Nonna Romana to the Columbus Citizens Foundation for the first time, and she thought that that was Columbus's actual house. <laughs> you know, nobody really. It, it was true. just. It's it was true. this figure. I, I I think you know Italian Americans just needed someone to throw behind the parade. Yeah, they needed someone to make a paper mache float out of. Yeah, completely. And they just they couldn't. Uh, I think they almost accidentally picked Columbus. Yeah, I, think, I mean, like that. I think that's the, that was the whole thesis of our last show. It was almost like we stumbled into Columbus as other people have, and I think that she made a really good point. You know. Being outside of the tribal areas, right? She's in Florida, and it doesn't sound like a very Italian-American part of Florida. Um, I actually don't think that we as a community, I think we take for granted sometimes that people look at the holiday and understand that it's ours. That was a really, really fruitful conversation. I'm glad we got to have that one. Our next caller is uh, somebody that I've spent a lot of time getting to know in my years active in this community. He is Dr. Anthony Tambori, the dean of the Calandra Italian American Institute at the City University of New York, uh, Queens College, and uh, one of the foremost Italian American studies faculties in the country. He's uh, one of the co-founders of Bordighera Press, which produces some amazing stuff for our community. 
uh, on topics that are important to us. And I'm really happy that we've got some time with him today. So, Dr. Tambori, welcome back to the Italian American Podcast. Hello, everybody. How's everything? Good. Can you hear us all right? I can. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we're experimenting with this new call-in feature. We just got it today. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know. It feels very professional. This you sound really good, so I don't know. I'm a, you know I'm on a cell phone, and yeah, you guys sound really good. So I hope I sound good to you guys. Oh no, you sound great, super good, clear. Good. Thanks for taking time with us today. Sure, no problem. So what we're doing today is we're trying to call in a couple of different opinions, and we just spoke to a young lady who wrote Rosella actually as a fan of the Cooking with Nona platform, saying I'm a quarter Italian American, I'm uh, uh, some portion Native American, and I'm struggling with this and we want to sort of bring as much as we can dynamism to the conversation. I think it right. just gets boiled down to like one of a few simple binary issues. And so you are yeah. the dean yeah. of the, the academy, you know, really, but yeah. not just of the Glenn Institute, but, you know, you, you're so active. Yeah. 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 Tell us. No, what... I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we got beat up. Right. You know that. Right. I spoke to you about that. When you say we, you're saying Calandra. The Calandra. Yeah. When um, whenever it was a year or two year and a half ago, whenever, you know, when to put it nicely, the fan got sullied, you know. So, you know, we took a neutral stance because I felt that we're a state institution. We're funded by the state. We, you know, we receive tax levied money. It comes from everybody. And so I felt there was a certain fiduciary responsibility about it. And, you know, and and I said, we're a research institute and we're happy to uh, offer our space and offer the facts, whatever facts we have, and we can have a conversation. Well, a couple of people, uh, some of the uh, spokespeople took issue with that, and I can understand that. But one person wrote on Facebook Calandra does not support Columbus, period. And I thought that was pretty I agree with you. cheap because it's not that we don't support Columbus. We took a neutral stance as an institute. Now, you can disagree with my neutral stance, but you, you have to at least hear what I say. And if you're going to say Calandra doesn't support Columbus, then you have to say Calandra has doesn't support Columbus because, but you also have to say Calandra doesn't not support Columbus, you know, Calandra is not anti-Columbus. And that I thought was unfair. Well, I think the entire community is being forced into this, you must pick sides kind of uh, standoff right right now. And it's becoming really uncomfortable. I mean, I, I have a platform, a sizable platform that uh, I mm-hmm. have to be very careful with what I share and how I share it mm-hmm. in, ter- in, in terms of when it comes to these issues because uh, a lot of people yeah. get really upset and it's uh, there are, mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not, many uh, Native American and Italian American people mm-hmm. that have very complicated feelings mm-hmm. about the issue. Exactly. And so, you know, for me, and, and the other thing is, I want to know if we're talking about Columbus the man or yeah. Columbus the symbol. Now, to talk about Columbus the symbol doesn't necessarily, you know, pardon pardon Columbus the man of anything he did, whatever. But at least it puts it into a different context. And we know, uh, we, we then come to understand why, uh, why Italian-Americans 
hail Columbus. Or as Fred Gardafay puts it, why we got stuck. That's Columbus, my, that's right? my thesis um, too. Yeah. He says that, you know, and, and to understand more. And, and that's why I was happy when the mayor of new Orleans decided to issue this apology 120 years later for the lynchings, because we need to talk about what happened in 1891 and the possible consequence of 1892 when that statue went up here in New yeah. York City, you know, and when also Harrison proclaimed Columbus Day for Italians or whatever. It, what's the connection there? And what do we do about that? You know, and, and I think that we really need to be more analytical well, about it. Even if we agree, if, I mean, even if we defend Columbus, we want to promote Columbus. Okay, but let's still be more ben, Let's still be more analytical about it. And I made it. I made you know, as we were there with italics working the parade, you know, this past Columbus Day, I made a, an observation as I interviewed Angelo Vivolo, Marion Pardo, and company. And I thought, and uh, you know, I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. I thought that. The tone was more civil this year. I don't know if that's the case, but I perceive a more civil tone. You know, um, so I don't know. I'm if you seeing guys so much that. less yeah. uh, vehemently defending Columbus and his actions, and mm. it just goes back to uh, mm. you know in our last episode uh, that the feelings of Columbus uh, about Columbus for many Italian Americans are just mm. not so black and white anymore. I think we're all slowly. On both sides, on the Native American side and on the Italian American Mm -hmm. side, we're both starting to really Mm -hmm. see this whole situation is extremely gray. And to to call it black and white or he was a bad person, he was a good person, he did bad things, he did good things. Mm -hmm. He opened 500 years Mm -hmm. of exploration. Oh, but he also uh, was responsible for for genocide. Uh, You know, we can't. Right. We can't. Nobody wins this way. I yeah. agree that it was, yeah. it was a more civil year. And, like, you know, we, our last episode, two, two weeks ago, we, yeah. we did our history of Columbus Day. And, and being at NIAF for so long and yeah. having to be at a community yeah. institution that you did need to, you know. And I agree with you. Like, I've always said, I, I don't yeah. ever let my personal opinions on the holiday actually come out because I don't think that's my job. Right. I think, you know, the, the foundation decided, mm-hmm. at my time there, the foundation decided we got to defend this. And so... I'm now a defender of Columbus no matter mm-hmm. what. That's what I'm getting paid for. Um, right. But I, having done all this research, right. what we tried to do in our first episode to lead up to this was like, let's just teach people mm-hmm. how this holiday became ours, first of all, and the controversies around Columbus yeah. from even before we were here in numbers and all these things. And right. I, I do think you're right. There's a certain civility that's, I think we're sort of in that midpoint of a battle here too. So I think this is sort of a calm. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing the community... Yeah having these secondary and tertiary discussions now that I'm actually surprised pleasantly that it's having because it's not just the simple, mm-hmm. we're being attacked, throw up some posters, Columbus is great. And we had this conversation mm-hmm. with this young lady from Florida who sort of challenged us because we were saying, mm-hmm. then you get into the conversation about Columbus Day versus an Indigenous People's Day and the Italian community, I think, rightfully comes to a defensive position. And she said, well... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of parts of the country where people don't conflate Columbus Day with an Italian-American Heritage Day. And I just mm-hmm. didn't really think mm-hmm. about that, to be honest with you. You know, We have to take ourselves yeah. out sometimes. We, we, I feel like we're, we're shouldering the burden 
of what should be a national discussion. Well, yeah, but, you know, John, that's a more basic conversation of, um, and I do this in quotes, <laughs> what are the borders of a Oh, great question. I love that. In, in other words, in other words, many, and I'll, I'll, I'll not mention the names, you know, as we say in Italian, you know, we do il peccato, <laughs> but, but, but many years ago, I was in Indiana, I was at Purdue University, and I was invited to a pretty big shindig here on the East Coast for Italian Americans. And there was one individual whom I respect highly, and I've gotten to know over the years and, and respect him. There was one who started mentioning a number of Italian Americans and speaking in a very sort of broad and indirectly in, on a national level. And as he continued, I thought, these are all people from yeah. the Northeast. These are all people who are within like 30 miles of New York City. And I said, well, you know, I understand whatever. I said, but it seems to me that you're talking about people in the Northeast. What about? And I mentioned a couple of people from Chicago and I mentioned a couple of people from San Francisco and I mentioned a couple of people from, you know, from the LA area, you know, Southern California. And, and, and so everything that goes on in the Northeast is not everything that goes on yeah. in the United States. And I'm sensitive to this only because I lived in Indiana yeah. for 13 years doing Italian American Well, you couldn't studies, be further you know? outside the heartland of the so, tribe yeah. than Indiana. Right? Right? Right. I mean, but we wrestle with so, that a lot so, here, too, on so the show. the other issue. Yeah. So where's it? Where, you know, what are the borderlands of Italian America? It, you know, and we forget. We mentioned the lynching. You know, how many Italians, how many Italian immigrants went to Louisiana. Tons oh my gosh, it's them, right. I mean, you see, yeah, to me, Louisiana is one of the most yeah. vibrant sections huh? of Italian America. Right. You brought up another point about your role with the Calandra Institute and really the role of the Academy yeah. for our community, which, you know, we, yeah. we could do a whole other episode on yeah. how much struggle there's been to right. build that Academy for us. Um, so mm -hmm. you, you right. say, you know, we are a research institute. And one of the things that always sticks in my mm -hmm. mind around this whole Columbus debate is the scope and validity of the research. And maybe you can clarify this for me because I, I really have a hard time finding it on my own. For 500 years, this guy was celebrated as a world hero. And it's only in the last mm -hmm. 50 that we've started to question. I understand there's been new research, new translations, yeah. new documents. But there are a lot yeah. of people who are supporters of Columbus and Columbus Day that provide alternative documentation that says he should be sainted yeah. yeah how how complete is the picture that we yeah. have are we just taking the latest and I, going from that yeah i think it's still incomplete to some degree because i think that what's his name uh the the spanish priest it's yeah the, uh, bartolomeo de las casas yeah that i think we need to get all of his stuff into english and we don't have it all of it into english and i think that's one thing that we need to do um Here's the thing. If we had doctoral programs in Italian-American studies, or we had doctoral programs in which you could do Italian-American studies, these would be great dissertation projects that eventually yeah. become books. And that struggle there, for me, that is trying to get doctoral programs up and running or parts of doctoral programs up and running, for me, is just as important 
as um, defending or not defending Mother Cabrini, you know? I mean, I think that the, the, and that's, that's where we haven't concentrated yeah. our efforts. Um, because, you know, we do the Italian diaspora study summer seminar. We've done it for five years and it's, it's basically geared for uh, doctoral students and college professors. And inevitably college professors have come back out of the 12 to 14 college professors we have had at least two or three or four each year have immediately set up courses the subsequent year, immediately set up courses on Italian-American history, Italian-American literature, et cetera. And, and, and those are the things that we also need to do, which we haven't done. It, what, Thursday, you'll hear me talk about this and you'll hear me talk about private philanthropy, you know, which, which you, you know, you look around the universities and you see names on the science buildings and names on the humanities building and names on the libraries and very few of them and yeah. none of them end in novel. Very few of them end yeah, in it, novels, it, it, you know? it To me, it's become and, like, a, you know, I reacted to this very early on in the my role at NIAF when this it was I think it was Portland Oregon that was like yeah. or Seattle was the first big battle and uh, I said well mm. we as a community shouldn't be shouldering the burden for the historical record of a of a man a myth and a holiday that have meant a lot to this country even before we got here in any significant number so I felt a yeah. little bit imposed upon yeah. as Fred always talks about and um, yeah. But I remember the yeah. first thing that I kind of said was, look, why aren't we advocating for these cities? Like, if you're wrestling with Columbus, I can completely appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But then just don't take the holiday away from Italian-Americans. Mm -hmm. Make it Italian-American Day. And a lot of people told me right. I was a traitor. Right. And how dare I? I think that's a generational issue. Oh. But what I've sort of boiled yeah. down to now is like, okay, if you're going to be inflexible and they're going to be inflexible, the only way our community can muster any yeah. kind of change is to fund research. Because... I I feel right. like there's a certain trend where you know the 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 latest fact or story that comes out about anything in history becomes gospel, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. just discredit everything that came before mm -hmm. it. And again, like I say, there are a lot of research right. that says Columbus was a great guy. Where is that? And it's not being talked about. Mm -hmm. And and we should be funding that. But mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. of that, why do we all have mm -hmm. this this uh, desire to this need to to feel that every you know, 15th century explorer should have behaved like an altar boy. That's a great question. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why we have these, these expectations. Yeah. It was, it was a messy business yeah. to be in, yeah. I imagine. And, uh, it was certainly not yeah. anything new. I mean, do we, do we go back and, uh, start looking at Genghis Khan at Alexander the Great at all these people who went and yeah. conquered land that was not theirs and yeah. talking yeah. about how terrible <laughs> they were and how they mm -hmm. we shouldn't, you know, we, we decide mm -hmm. something's terrible and then we decide it shouldn't be taught and it shouldn't be talked about. Yeah. And it, it mm -hmm. it's part of history. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a it's a slippery slope because um, because a couple of hundred years later, there were these guys in, you know, in, in the 13 colonies who had their own slaves and they created the United States. And yet States we still celebrate the 4th of July. So what do we do about <laughs> that? Yeah. <laughs> And what do we do about that? You know, I sort of chuckle about it, but I'm being very serious. I mean, it, it, that's the scary part is that we get into a slippery, we get Doc into a slippery slope. Sorry. And yeah. Doctor, do you think okay, go ahead. that if we did change Columbus Day to Italian Heritage Day, do you think it would have the same 
gusto that it does now? Do you think the whole day would change? Do you think the parade would ever would go away? What what do you think would become of it? Do you think Italian Americans would just take to it and say, okay, Columbus wasn't a great guy. We're going to change it to Italian Heritage Day, and we're going to make it bigger and better and and be just as flamboyant as we've always been and all for a good cause and everybody's mm-hmm. happy. Do you think that would actually satisfy anything? Yeah, yeah I don't know. You know, um, I, I, I really don't know. I, um, I, I'm, and I'm sort of uh, stumbling here because I'm thinking – of what I saw on television last night, and that is the World Series, is between the Washington Nationals and the Astros. And, you know, there's there are a couple of teams, football teams, <laughs> basketball teams that have some controversial names, right? So I don't know. I really don't know. I, I would like us to talk about it more, and I would like... Uh, I'm hoping for we're hoping, you know, this town hall that Fred Gardefe wanted to do and that he's it's basically his work. And um, the lineup is pretty varied, I think, ideologically. And we're going to and Fred has given us permission Um, to come and actually record, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea to to have it recorded and, you know, have a record of it because. Um, I'm hopeful that there's there are going to be some good conversations and that will end up where what you guys were saying before, where's the research, you know? So how do we get the research done? How do we fund the research? You know, who's going to fund it and where and what and whatever. I mean, that's, I think, our shortcoming it, it is um, we don't fund social and humanistic research. Yeah. Other That's interesting. Do. And, you know, we don't. Now, it's also true that, you know, there are certain ethnic groups that also get federal funding and things of that sort. We don't. Okay, I understand somebody maybe would want to see us get funding also. But there are sectors of our community that can afford to to fund the research. So instead of giving, you know, $200,000 to somebody's foundation on how do you part your hair let's give right. them a hundred thousand and let's give a hundred thousand to research you know to human humanities research you know that, that those are the discussions that i think we have to have and those are the discussions that i think belong to that third let's say third generation if not fourth generation of um college-educated Italian-Americans. And I say college-educated not for any reason except that when we're in college, we are just exposed to so many things that we wouldn't have been exposed to if we weren't in college. Yeah, That's my main significance behind college-educated. It's that broadening of one's horizon or being the possibility of broadening one's horizons, being exposed to so many things that normally we wouldn't be exposed to if we all think about when we first left the neighborhood, you know. If it's our responsibility as the community most associated with this man, if it's our responsibility to then (laughs) change the conversation, Mm -hmm. that's the opportunity zone for us to do it because if you're not doing it there, the only information people are getting on Columbus is, you know, for – 
four weeks a year stories about statues being painted yeah. and protest and it's just it's not yeah. it's not yeah. legitimate uh intellectual stimulation really you know just not right no, no. And getting mad at some young and upcoming uh, local supervisor because she said that it was good they, that they did that to the Yeah, to that's the not Columbus productive. <laughs> you know, and, and, and all right, yeah, that was a stupid thing for that person to say. All right. And probably, you know, a week later, she's going to realize how stupid it was for her to say that, you know. But, but yeah, we got to get above that. I mean, because the as you said, it's either black or white, it's us or them or whatever. And so what happens is then another issue comes up, like Mother Cabrini, right? Now, that's an issue I think that everybody's going to agree with, you know, among Italian-Americans that Mother yeah. Cabrini got a wrong Yeah, that, that one's a little bit easier <laughs> to fight for. You know, so then we all have to come together yeah. on Mother Cabrini, you know, but we risk losing people. If we if we do the black and white thing or the yeah. us against them thing for one pro, for one aspect. Yeah, let me, let me ask yeah. you a final question. Yeah. I, I yeah. have this snaking mm-hmm. suspicion and it's been bothering me a lot about this because I, I feel like the yeah. Columbus issue has also started to become one along partisan lines. And I think it's becoming a yeah. left and right issue uh, around him. And, and mm. I think in many ways people are using new research that discredits the man to start to discredit the exchange mm-hmm. that he initiated by by accident, frankly, right? Mm-hmm. And do, do you see mm-hmm. that in academic circles? Yeah, it's always that way in academic circles. I think, but it's it's often that way in academic. Do you circles. think we're we're, sure. we're using him sure. and his person and as a proxy for a battle about whether or not it was good that these two worlds touched one another? Yes, I do. I mean, just as yeah. you're asking for at first blush. How do yeah, we address I that? that? I mean, that's so think, much above our community. Uh, well, that's one of the things we need to address. Um, we're here. We've been here. So what does it mean to totally condemn Columbus? Then who who gets the credit if somebody gets – who gets recognized? Forget credit. Who gets recognized as having – quote unquote, discovered the new world. Does anybody have to be credited with it? That's the other thing. Does anyone have to be recognized with, quote unquote, discovering the new world? I mean, those are, you know, those are questions we need to address. And we address them, I think, only in conversations of uh, uh, such as the town hall and things of that sort, or they're addressed in op-eds or they're addressed in series of lectures and things of that sort. We can easily find, I'm sure, two intelligent people to talk about some of the good things of Columbus and two intelligent people to, to, and rational to talk about why we shouldn't deal with Columbus. And that's maybe our next step, you know? That's maybe our next step. We, we had a wonderful lecture series funded by the Jumbelli Foundation last year, uh, 17 and 18 actually, and a book's coming out now, that was just in general. So. Fred Gardefay spoke about education and the responsibility of education. Maria Laurino spoke about Italian immigration, historical immigration, what's going on now. What about those Italians back 120 years ago that were seen as the menace to American ideals and so on and so forth? You know, um, uh, Donna uh, Gabaccia spoke about 
<clears throat> revisiting research now in the digital mm. age, what does it mean? And then Bob Viscusi ended the series with something on basically Italy, America, and how we are quote unquote. <laughs> we talk about that a lot on this you know. show. Yeah, I'm it's looking great. forward it'll to be that. Out soon. It'll be out soon. Make sure you guys get the copy. So maybe now we need to have another series and maybe it needs to be one or two a pro and one or two, you know, uh, uh, anti-Columbus and have those essays. How much does that cost? I don't know, you know, but it doesn't, it, it's not that much. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's about, it could go, it's about 15 to, if you, everything involved, you want to give them a decent honorarium, you put them up, you know, whatever, if people are coming from afar. It can run up to about fifteen or seventeen thousand. I think that's a fantastic yep. idea and something that I would definitely be interested in helping to make a reality. And uh, we need it. So Good. I want to thank you for taking you this time today. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be together. I'm looking forward to Thursday. My pleasure. And that's going to be another great time yes. for our community to really dig into these issues and. Um, I'm looking forward to having you pop in now that we have a phone here at the uh, studio. Anytime. Let me know. When, when you're Thanks, doing, I'll be happy to call. I'm always willing Not to give the, my that's, There's 25 million of us out there willing to give our – that's why the phone is all so dangerous. So yeah. we're, we're – well, thank yes. you so much for taking the time. All right. All right. Okay, guys. Okay. Right. Ciao. 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 Bye. Ciao. He is always really great to talk to. i got to say he's uh, he's just thoughtful and – obviously engaged so that that was a real um real great point about putting some money behind the research um ro is just going to step outside um she's got to step away for a little bit but uh, i'm going to spend some time with our final caller so our next uh community leader that we have here on the podcast today is one of my dearest friends a guy who's been a huge mentor to me he's the executive vice president for public affairs at the oh my gosh i forgot the I want to say the Bronx Zoo. You know, whatever you say is good with me. The Wildlife Conservation Society, we run the four zoos in the aquarium in New York, and we work in 60 countries around the world. Well, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty good way to say it. For me, it's the Bronx Zoo. <laughs> this is my friend John Calvelli. He's a vice chairman of the National Italian American Foundation, a founder of Fieri, um, one of the founders of the Conference of Presidents. He just guys everywhere, and uh, somebody I love to hear from. So. John, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. It is an honor and a privilege. And first of all, I just want to say congratulations to you and Rosella. And who's that other guy who was on it? I, I, I can't remember his name, but he's really good, too. He's not on today because he has a awake, and he wanted me to tell the audience it's not because we're fighting. He thinks that if they, if they, don't, if they don't hear from him, they're going to think we're fighting. So it's very Italian, but, uh, yeah, he's the best. Exactly. Yeah. I could just say, like, why is he not here? Uh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people start to talk. But thanks for yeah. coming on. I know this is an issue that's been near and dear to your heart because I've been around you so much on it, and you were so formulative in helping me and the National Italian American Foundation and, and put together ideas and opinions. And I know you were a member of the Commission on the Columbus Statue here in New York. So I, a lot of people we've talked to the past couple of weeks feel like this year has been actually a little bit more civil in the approach to this issue. Are you seeing that? I think it has, um, you know, I don't want to say that the tide is crusted, but there is fundamentally a difference in the conversation. We're actually uh, starting to get our act together as a community. Um, I think there, listen, there's still fights out there. There's still problems. For example, what happened in Washington, D.C. But we're starting to get a very clear message across 
about the importance of Columbus. And it's not just Columbus as a hero to the Italian-American community, but the whole idea of the Columbian exchange, that this, that Columbus's arrival here is one of the most monumental events in world history. So even if you don't uh, subscribe to Christopher Columbus as the Italian-American icon, you need to subscribe to Christopher Columbus as a man who changed the world because of that fateful trip. Yeah, I agree with you. We've been talking about that a lot with our, our callers today. Um, I have this snaking suspicion that what's what's really got to happen first is we actually have to help lead the conversation away from our own community and into what this yep. man and this myth and this holiday mean for the rest of the country and the world. And I, and I think that's hard for people to do. And it's funny because if you look back and, and when you and I were chatting about this and when I worked on Capitol Hill, there was this whole conversation around Columbus Italian Heritage Month. And I was honored to work on the first uh, designation back in 1989. And the whole, the whole idea of Columbus, if you go back into the record, it was a day to celebrate immigration. It was a day to celebrate immigrants and that Italian Americans were, were First amongst equals, you know, the, the group that spoke about the ability to hold on to your heritage and culture while assimilating and encompassing those values that make America the special place that it is. And what's happened is we've always focused on the American component of it, but there's so much more to this holiday. It is about celebrating immigrants. It is about the Colombian exchange, how the world's fundamentally different because of that fateful voyage. And I think that's where we start building those connections to other communities, not just the Italian-American community, but we should be leading that discussion with other immigrant communities, which fundamentally means almost everybody that came here. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. And I think the voices that are rallying uh, counter to Columbus's legacy and his sort of presence in the national pantheon, they're obviously the loudest. And, you know, you see the, the statues being defaced and protests and whatnot but when you poll every poll that i've seen it's still a majority of the country that thinks this is a, a man worthy of celebration i don't know where that trend is going because i do feel like younger generations are much more opinionated in the negative around columbus from what i under, what i encounter but i also think it's a point that we've talked about a lot today with other guests part of that is just getting the real research done and having a conversation that examines the historical record as much as the popular conversation because we're not really doing that you know we're we're taking the latest source of history as gospel and we're just kind of moving with it yes and and that's where i think we're at that inflection point as a community and we have to say okay we're going to have to lead this conversation with other allies and we're going to have to have this conversation in a broader context than just speaking amongst ourselves within the italian american community we got to go outside the walls of our community And we have to educate people because to me, the the bigger concern is uh, this is really more of an attack on Western civilization. This is an attack on a lot of those fundamental principles that we that we all have taken for granted. What makes America a special place? And I served on the Monuments Commission. It was fascinating from the perspective of hearing where different people were coming from. And, you know, I'm my greatest victory was being able to pull a majority of that group to say that the statue should remain. Um, That actually did not happen for many other statues in New York City. The one that started the discussion, um, and 
everybody thought we're going to lose that statue. We were able to get a majority of people on board. And the way we did that was around this idea of our own history, of, of erasure of our own history as Italian-Americans, as immigrants, and also as Catholics. And we have to kind of knit those pieces together. But I can only imagine we're all singing from the same hymnal, which is we got to educate people. And here's the thing for me. I am willing to admit that the man was not perfect. This was not a perfect individual. And, you know, as a Christian, I believe maybe there was one person who came here who was perfect. After that, we all have blemishes. We've all made mistakes. Yeah. And we have to, and we have to, and this, you know, it's like, hey, who's perfect? The saints? Okay, maybe the saints. Even they probably made a couple of mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. Columbus was not, you know, like Columbus was not a perfect man. I don't celebrate Columbus because of the things he did wrong. I celebrate Columbus because of how he changed history and now he has been a vision and a symbol for our community over the last 200 years. It's interesting, and I find this kind of difficult territory to tread tactfully, but you know, we have this conversation about immigration in this country. I think it's important that the Italian-American community is part of that conversation in a real way because we are the byproduct of immigration so recently, really, if you think about it. And I find a lot of people who are anti-Columbus are pro-immigration, and I, I almost wonder, like we have this conversation about displacement. Really, that's all we're talking about is, is displacement that comes when cultures collide. And I, I don't think people are actually untangling that knot to see that a lot of people who are uh, pro-Columbus but terrified of new immigrants and, and another side of people who are very pro-immigration and see its value to the country but anti-Columbus. And we're really having, I think, in many ways the same conversation. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. It's funny you say that because I, I come from this where I am a supporter of immigration. I, I feel that the reason why America is great is because of the immigrants that have come here. We can argue about how they get here legally, illegally. That's, that's you know, on document. That's not the conversation. The conversation is about the value of immigration. And let me tell you what happened in 1921 and then in 1924. And probably other, other people that have been on the show have said it. You know, the doors to Italian immigrants were shut over. There was a diminution of over 90 percent of Italian immigration after those immigration laws went into effect. And that hurt our mothers and fathers, our grandfathers, our, grand, our great grandfathers. That was an incredible shock. And why? If you read what was written at that time, it is shocking and disgusting. Yeah. So fast forward 100 years, about three weeks ago. We organized, the National American Foundation organized an event on Capitol Hill for congressional members and staff on the Italian immigrant experience. And we had literally 20 people waiting outside. We, had, we didn't have enough chairs mm. because people want to understand. You know, we live in this kind of um, glorified experience. We, we have this glorified narrative. Our family suffered. Yeah. Our great-grandparents suffered. And the fact is, there's a lot to learn from that experience. And candidly, for more than 40 years, our brothers and sisters fought to change the immigration laws so that, our, so that we could get back in and we could be treated with respect again. Yeah, it's a you great know, point. Somehow this has all been forgotten. You know, we forgot in 1965, those laws were changed because the Italian-American community and many other communities were fighting that fight and saying, wait a minute, we should be treated again with respect. And um, these are lessons that, you know, you can look at 
from the left, from the right, but we can learn from them, and it can help inform the immigration conversations going on today. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, Rosella, if she were back in the room, we, her and I talk about this a lot. Let's just use this conversation for the betterment of the country at this point, because it's just boiled down to this horrible binary, you know, some yep. some community is going to lose out here. Is, is it the native peoples? Is it the Italian-American yep. community? Is it, uh, you know, yep. other groups that celebrate? Somebody's going to lose. And it doesn't always have to yep. be that way. And it's very, very difficult to express that to people without them getting their emotions up. I agree. And, you know, it's, it, and it's amazing because we were treated incredibly badly. I mean, we were considered subhuman um, at that time. And the laws were incredibly prejudicial against Southern Europeans and Jews. You know, it, it, it's important for all of us to kind of reflect on that experience, what happened, so that we can better understand what's going on today. Absolutely. You know, and, and to me, getting back to Columbus for a second, that's part of what Columbus Day means. Yeah. It's this idea that we as a community are, are respected. And I say to my Native American brothers and sisters, hey, you need to be respected too. This does not take away from what you have gone through. As a matter of fact, if we could have an honest conversation... We could be your allies. We have gone through that pain. We know not to the same extent, but we have suffered as well. And therefore, we should be able to be seen as allies uh, in your quest for respect within the American context. Don't shun us away. Yeah. Uh, don't, you know, don't throw us to the side. Yeah, I, I was saying that when we had Dr. Tambori on a little while ago. You know, it feels like two groups who, at different scales, have suffered in this country as as everyone has in some capacity in the really unprecedented experiment that is American society because it's nowhere else in the world before us that uh, you get this polyglot uh, attempt to create a society out of everybody. But here we are. Pit- well, I, would, I would disagree, John. The ancient Romans, I mean, you know, I'm the, apologies for my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, fair, my, fair enough. active in these roles in your professional life, um, but as a leader in the community, you've been really active on this issue. We talk about the statue, but also, you know, as somebody who was really yeah. integral to the Conference of Presidents at NIAF with everybody else that you participate with between Westchester or the whole nation, 
Are you seeing an evolution of the Italian-American response to this? Because it's felt like it's been many, many years where different municipalities take away this holiday and the response is always sort of muddled. Um, but I'm feeling yeah. a bit of a difference. Are you seeing that? And can you uh, illustrate oh my, it? Oh, my gosh. I will, I will tell you, I had a meeting with a, a senior leader in our community who had just been given a, a senior post. This is about five years ago. I said, I am seeing a trend here, and I'm worried. And this person said to me, well, that's only in these very liberal enclaves. What are we worried about? What should we worry? It's not a real problem. <laughs> well, about three years later, this individual called me and said, John, I, I wish I had listened to you three years ago. Yeah. And the, the fact is, if there's any silver lining, the Columbus issue and in the New York context, the Mother Cabrini issue has really helped to galvanizing the community and the sense that we were a post-assimilated community, and we are still. But these events help to reawaken um, that sense of inner Italian pride that we all have and that sense that of fundamental fairness and justice. I think if you look at the values of being an Italian-American, one of them is this idea of fairness, right? That you want to be treated with respect, you're going to treat other people with respect. And this whole Columbus thing really kind of brought all these issues out. And we realized there's more that unites us. You know, we're not just kind of immersed in this melting pot, that we are part of that mosaic that Governor Cuomo spoke about. Um, we are part of that mosaic in that we, we bring a distinct story to this. So the, the great thing for me is, to see across the country people waking up and saying, we got to work together. We've got we've to figure this out, and not in a, a, a corrosive way, but I think in a very constructive way. And um, maybe I'm just uh, wildly optimistic, but I, I'm, I feel like this is a turning point where our community's gotten a second lease on life. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's interesting because I think we, we are always – so, I mean, maybe we just, I, I spent my whole professional life talking about our community, so I think we're very special. But I do think we're unique in, in this idea of being post-assimilation, but still very um, unique and distinct. And I think this is yet another evolution of the idea of ethnicity and identity in the United States and what it means. And once yep. again, we kind of find ourselves on the forefront of it. And I hope we, as a community, can be patient enough and thoughtful enough to see it as a service. That's what we're trying to do here with hey, the show. Hey. And John, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example from the past, right? In 1991, I am a young staffer on Capitol Hill, and I speak to a guy named Joe Maselli, who was an incredible human being from New Orleans, and he's the person who told me about the lynching of the uh, 11 Italian Sicilian Americans who were killed um, in New Orleans in 1891, and how that event precipitated a set of activities across the country where Italy and the United States almost went to war, where the president then designated Columbus Day as a holiday. Um, you know, all of these things that came from that seminal moment. If you go back to the congressional record, there was one member of Congress that even mentioned the 100th anniversary, wow. and that would be Elliot Engel. Wow. That would be Elliot Engel, the man I worked for. Wow. You go back to the congressional record, and you see that on the 100th anniversary, it was mentioned by one Jewish American member of Congress from the Bronx in Westchester. Wow. That's it. Wow. So now fast forward 
28 years and the level of dialogue and discussion within our community, the fact that we've got an apology from the mayor of New Orleans for what happened in 1891, how that moment is now a seminal part of the conversations that people are having about Columbus. Um, there's just been this reawakening of our own history. And I'm, listen, I'm a history buff like you are. And I, and I say, my gosh, we're finally starting to look back on our own history. And I think there, you know, the, you look at the whole issue of La Storia Segreta, the secret story. You know, we as Italian-Americans almost said, we want to close our eyes and forget everything that happened. We're in America now, and w- let's not even think about these things anymore, because now we're American. And what has happened is we've had that knock at the door saying, wait a minute, hey, these things are still relevant. We need to understand these things because they provide context for what's going on today. Yeah. So that, that gives you a sense of how much the community has moved in, in a generation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I see that a lot. And I think, you know, we, we had an episode, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about the history of Columbus Day as a holiday to, to sort of set the table for this conversation. And then last week I gave a conference, uh, I gave a talk in Cleveland about Southern Italian history and how it impacted the Italian-American wow. community. And these things came up and the, the changes in um, uh, immigration law came up and things like that. And I find a lot of this stuff is becoming more present in the dialogue around Italian American identity. And I I think it's great on multiple levels. We always say you got to know your history, not just for us as a community to, to, to further strengthen our sense of identity, but really because it's a great service to the rest of the nation to allow our experience to be seen as a, as a lens on, on Americanism. I think that's so important. It is. And, and, And I think for us, like, how can I understand even remotely the sufferings of others if I don't understand the suffering that I had yeah. and that my community had, right? It's like, so to me, it gives me, a, it gives me a better understanding of what my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents went through uh, to, to live the American dream. And I think it helps me understand better the sufferings of other communities and what they've gone through on their journey to reach um, the American dream. Well, John, i my goal with these two shows we've done is really not to find solutions or debate uh, or prove anything, but really to just widen the thoughtfulness of the conversation. And you were obviously top of my list because you're always thoughtful, and I appreciate you bringing that thoughtfulness to this and, and to the podcast. So thank you again. And, and John, thank you so much for doing this with Rosella and, and, and the gentleman who will remain nameless. <laughs> you all, you three are doing a fantastic job. Uh, helping to to uh, elevate the discourse, well, and I think that to me is the most exciting part of of the project. Well, we stand on the shoulders of guys like you who've done a lot for the community over the years. So I look forward to seeing you again you. next. And anytime now that we have calling capability, love to get your opinion on uh, more of the stuff we talk about. I'm always here for you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. ciao. That was a great friend of mine. Uh, and I just think a very thoughtful leader, like I said. So now I get to have Rosella back. Ro, I think this has been a really good show. We've had some really great conversations today and a lot that I think we're going to be digesting for a while here through our platform and as a community. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming town hall event on Thursday. I don't know if you're coming out. Are you coming on Thursday? I'm coming out. I might have to leave a little early, but oh, I'm, I'm coming out. Good. I think I think PLB is going to try to make oh, some boy. part of it work, but I'll be there with the recording devices. I think it's going to be fruitful, and I love this idea of maybe using some resources from the show to get behind 
publishing an actual book on these debates. I, I think that would be huge. Well, I think it, there's something to be said about uh, the fact that we are making history with this conversation yeah. about Columbus, about the idea of essentially rewriting history according to certain people. But um, I think this kind of schism in the Italian-American community is really important to be documented because we're talking about going back on a figure that has just been so important in Italian-American history and the history of American civilization as we know it. The world. So, you know, we're talking about just going back (laughs) backwards on this and say, hey, wait a minute, and... Is it constitutional to change these sort of things? Is it fair to change these sort of things? Does it change what happened? And I think everyone has personal feelings about it, yeah. no matter what. I think this is just something that, you know, we're talking about uh, the an exchange of cultures that just changed uh, life as we know it. So when people say that, you know, it shouldn't have happened that way or, or whatever— what would we have been? It's funny you say that. You, Pat would be celebrating you right now, lauding your ability to get to the bottom line of things in a really very sophisticated and straightforward way. As you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, you're right. What about, like, it feels like this eternal Italian burden that it's got to be our community that has to deal with this, right? Because, you know, St. Patrick's Day and... Puerto Rican Day, or yeah, uh, they they get the the fun happy. Right? They're like kind of like nobody's really fighting about them. But then I thought to myself, you just said it so well that fundamentally changed the entire world. And it, unfortunately, for better or worse, there is a little. I don't want to use the word pride because, but there there is something to be said that it was an Italian, for better or worse, that was at the root of that exchange. I mean, it's it's transformative. And gosh, I, I can't really think. I mean. The death and resurrection of Christ. Um, I can't think of that many other world events that have changed human history as much as Columbus. Well, if we want to talk about it that way, which Italian has given more to modern day society? Yes, I I, I guess it is Columbus. Affected modern society. Sure. But what about the other argument where people are saying, aren't there better Italians to celebrate than Columbus? Shouldn't we be celebrating Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci or uh, any of any number of these uh, great Italians that undoubtedly gave tremendous yeah. things to modern society? I think that becomes the question. Like, Are we looking for a hero to uphold because of their individual qualities or are we looking for or better or worse, the most transformative impact on the world. And I don't know. It, you can hate everything that came out of the fact that this Italian navigator set foot on a portion of this continent, be it be it an archipelago or uh, the main territory. Maybe he didn't get here first. Maybe the Vikings and Leif Erikson did. Maybe he, you know, you use the word discovered, and they say, well, you can't discover something that was already here and peopled. Okay, now we're talking about terminological sort of squabbling, but for better or worse, the impact that going back to Europe and saying, hey, there's a landmass there where we thought there was an ocean, 
fundamentally changed the world. Well, as a, as a southern as a southern Italian American woman, I mean, I am very cognizant of the fact that I came from I come from Puglia. My family comes from Puglia. I come from a place where you know I must have ancestors, and I must have ancestors that were victims of several invasions yeah. over over. If I'm talking about over a thousand Millennia, years. Millennia, yeah. Roughly, and if if I wanted to hold a grudge against every single yeah, uh, you know, group that invaded the 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 place where my family is from has roots. Uh, where does it end? Where does it end? It's it, when you start pulling that string, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be pulling it. I'm really not. I think we've established through this episode the best thing we can do really is research, look at the historical texts, question them find as much as we can of the record and, and, and dig extra to try to get as many sources as we can. To me that's the best step. See, I don't I, I don't know if it's if it if research is the answer. I I think the best thing we can do is do better. Yeah, you're so right. I think the best <laughs> thing we can just do is deal with the with where we are now and do better. I think the best thing we can do is to teach the the non Disney version of Columbus yeah. to to children. Uh I think the very best thing we can do is to to move forward in a way that tries to bridge gaps instead of creating this divisiveness of you must choose a side, you must believe what I believe, otherwise we can't be friends. You know, I know people that are that have ended friendships over this Columbus issue because it what it really represents is a, a political stance yeah. and uh, and something that really shouldn't have a place in the conversation about Italian America and we should really be a more united community. I mean, my nonna always says, siamo tutti fatti della stessa pasta. We are all made Mm. from the same dough. And the fact that we have to kind of invent things over and over to go to war about is really sad for for us as a community. And for the country. And for the country. I mean, you know, it's, it's sad right close to home that the tribe is fighting about this and it bothers me. And it's even more sad, really, that we are having these national discussions about this. Not that we're having them, because they're they're okay to have, but you're right. It's like, where does the practicality come in and you say, hey, the further you dig into history, the uglier it gets, and how do we do better? Again, I think I said this before, it's that we expect um, prominent historical figures to be perfect, to have these kind of godlike attributes and and to have done nothing wrong. And that's just not the case. It's not the case in uh, historical figures, in politicians, explorers, in everywhere. If we took Columbus Day away from Columbus, gave it to Da Vinci, I'm sure someone's going to dig something up about Da Vinci. Yeah, especially in the era like. of today where this information is so digitized and, and, and you know, everything that's now uh, entered into the historical conversation is much easier to access. You're right. I mean, we, we live in a world where we, we want our historical figures to be mythological, but we don't want to admit that they're mythology. You know, we want to... Yeah, wanna, I think that's a really great way to put yeah. it. I, it's, we, we want it both ways, and it's just yeah. um, the, the, the nature of human beings is just not that way yeah it's it's like you know this is what we are this is humanity and this is what i love about the show it's what i love about having these conversations with you i don't think we're trying to solve the world's problems but just keep pushing forward into a better community a better society a better country and hopefully a better world yeah well i hope everybody enjoyed uh 
this has been a good conversation and, and a tough one. And uh, we're going to have it again, I'm sure. So we'll be back in regular old November. No more Italian American Heritage Month. Oh, but Christmas <laughs> is coming, John. Ah, that's right. Christmas is coming. My goal for Christmas is to have this Bafana conversation, by the way. Can we think we can pull this off? The Bafana show? The traveling Bafana? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we got to get them in here. Get that's, her in here. We've got a nice Christmas surprise coming up for everybody. So, Do we have a microphone for the sock puppet? <laughs> for the puppet? I'll do my best. I mean, we'll give wow. her pats. It'll be perfect. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure we have something. So from all of us at the Italian American Podcast, happy Italian American Heritage Month. Happy Italian American Heritage Month. It was a good one. Uh, Till next year. Till next year. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Ciao. See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano and your life.